Welcome to Get the Goat Podcast. Is that good? A little funkier today. <laughs> yeah. I like it. They said you're never going to do that again. A little geared up. Uh, that was different. That's, I said I was not going to do that one specifically ever again. <clears throat> All right. So good. here with Barry Davis, Nick Junker. And here, here would be the deal. I, I would like... <laughs> I would really like to make a couple things. Before, before we go any further, I wanna make some clarifications about last week. Um, so the injury podcast that we had. Errors and omissions? Yeah, I mean, there was one statement that was brought to my attention that I oh. want to clarify. Was it bone on bone? The bone on bone conversation. It sounded a little <clears throat> sexual <laughs> yeah. when I first heard it. Here's the deal. I think that I need to clarify something. We were talking about um, when people make the statement bone on bone, what I was trying to say is that there are lots of people that might be bone on bone and have no pain. Um, and then there's some people that actually have pain. And if you looked at their image on an MRI, um, they would be quote unquote bone on bone. There might be some part of a joint that's knocking into another part of a joint where there's no cartilage there or something like that. Um, but then I, I, I was trying to translate that also another narrative, and I kind of mix the two together, another narrative that people will, will term is a term called impingement, that you have impingement <clears throat> syndrome, or you're impinging your shoulder, or you're impinging your hips. And in reality, um, you literally impinge the joint every single time you move. The problem is is that you can cause some major irritation, potentially causing some inflammation or something like that. But those two narratives like, hey, you're bone on bone or you're impinging your shoulders, that itself will create like a very negative, like can create a very negative narrative and will put that person in a tailspin. I mean, Nick's like a perfect example. Like yesterday, he's, mm-hmm. he's a person who's in a negative tailspin. <laughs> yes, like circling the drain right here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Nick kind of tweaked his knee yesterday, and and you start to go, man, is this the one? Like, is this it? This is what I've heard about. This I never, <laughs> I never wanted to have a knee injury. I've heard it's so bad, and 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 in reality, we start going to some pretty negative places psychologically, and so. Um, I just want to clarify that, that information that was, I molded two pieces of information and I, and I really, in the reality of what I was trying to say is that how you respond to an injury and what you've heard from potentially a doctor or what you've heard from your friend that had that injury or had a doctor tell them that the things that you have heard will influence your thoughts. So... I think it would be a perfect time to have a little conversation about vaccines because lots of people have heard certain things. Um, yes, Barry. Was there a <clears throat> knee injury vaccine that I am not fluent <laughs> Well, in? I'm just, we just all, sign what, ha- <laughs> what happens is, is we've got like, there is a ton of misinformation out there, obviously. Uh, we've talked about that quite a bit, but there. I just want to chat with you guys like 
So three months ago, and they're like, hey, we have a vaccine. What were you guys like? I was against it. Yeah. But that podcast changed my life. <laughs> <laughs> so we're talking about a podcast that I had the guys listen to. Um, because mainly we don't do podcasts very well. So we were like, Hey, <laughs> let's have a let's... podcast book club and listen to professionals and maybe we'll get better. <laughs> yeah. So, um, my personal, uh, coach, Dr. Jordan Feigenbaum, uh, Feigenbaum. Who, that sounds made up. Yep. It's actually real. <laughs> um, he is a medical doctor at MD and also is a research doctor. Um, used to be in family practice, um, but now just does research. And then and podcast. Yep. They, he has a podcast on barbell medicine. So if you want to check this out, pause us right now and go ahead and listen. No need really. <clears throat> this is going to be the cliff notes version. Don't waste your yeah. time listening to a bunch of doctors. We got it covered. We got it covered. <laughs> we'll give you guys the dummies version. Yes. Uh, and, and in reality, these guys, um, and Dr. Austin Baraki, who is an internist in Texas, the two of them own Barbell Medicine. And we use a lot of their programming. We use, uh, he coaches me for my lifting and some of my stuff for paddling. And, and what's really cool about these guys um, is they, they typically, I would say 90% of their stuff is about exercise physiology or pain science. And so, but they knew that obviously they can't just keep on skirting around talking about something that is politicized. They were mm -hmm. like, you know what? We need to finally go ahead and give the science to this. And so they did tons of research looking at vaccines, the history of, re of vaccines, and then also went through the details of the trials that went into the Pfizer vaccine. And so that's what we're talking about. If you want to pause us right now, go listen to it and then come back and listen to our, yeah. <laughs> our thoughts. <clears throat> I think it's let's, so let's talk about it. like Nick, why, why were you not into it? Like, why were you not into, I had a lot um, of pre, I had a lot of assumptions about vaccines. I mean, you're hearing about mercury being in vaccines and how bad that is for your body, aluminum, all these different types of metals that get infused in there. There's a lot of speculation about the actual trials, how long they take, how detailed they actually are. And I mean, I heard all that from friends, right. from conspiracy theorists, right. other podcasts, right. you know, formats that, yeah, like podcasts that might be actually somewhat legit, at least I thought were legit. Yeah. My source, I thought my sources were legit, but they really aren't because then you hear, you. I mean, I trust you, John Mark, and what you're listening to, where you're getting your information, I'm like, okay, I could probably trust that as well. Yeah. So then I hear these guys on Barbell Medicine, and it's like, okay, I had no idea. That's what actually, trial one, two, three, four, why are you shaking your head at me, Barry? She, sheeple. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Sheeple, I just, yeah. Just put I, well, a new podcast in front of you and... Well, but it can't, if it was from you, probably wouldn't listen to it from John Mark. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't, don't even open an email attachment I send you. But it is hard. I don't know if you guys know that everybody has a podcast now. Yeah. So it's That's kind of like, it's, it's, it, I mean, you got, you got Ben Greenfield, you got Tim Ferriss, which, and you got 5 million other gyms that are doing something like this. And it's like, how, how do I know who to listen to? Mm -hmm. And I think... The nice thing about these guys, um, 
I've known them for a long time and I don't really know that I don't really know their political beliefs because they've kind of kept that separate and they 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 truly try to as much as possible stay with just the science and we're not talking about popular science we're not talking about you know something that they read on CNN or Fox News or whatever they're actually looking at the actual data um, and so having them translate a lot of that information and we talked about this the other day that I struggle because I don't have time to go through all the details of all that research that was done on the vaccine and so I'm getting questions at the gym it's kind of like a weird time people are kind of excited and a little bit nervous and people are starting to chat about it at the gym like and people are asking me John Mark are you gonna get the vaccine and everybody's discussing it in between sets and I thought it would be I wanted to be a little bit more educated. I've been reading quite a bit of stuff and they came out with this podcast at the right time and were able to kind of steer me in the direction so I could look at some of the research um, and, and look into a lot of the details rather than me just kind of saying, well, these guys, these guys said it's great. I actually looked more at some of the research and, um, and because people are gonna want to know, I want to give an educated answer for why I feel like the vaccine is actually seems like it seems like it's safe as possible and so and the and the details of how they went about the vaccine and are fascinating so well should we give the quick cliff notes of that podcast well, I was gonna, let me ask barry like, okay yeah barry. like three months ago if they like vaccine world what what would you um Three months ago, I would have said, oh, they're making a vaccine. I had some questions, you know, because I remembered back in high school biology, if I recall correctly, that people would say, hey, there's no, you cannot have a vaccine for a virus. And it's why there's no vaccine for herpes or the commons cold or et cetera. And then, I, you know, like as I started to do more research on it, like I've learned about how they are doing this one and we've made advancements. But as a vaccine person, I feel like I did my vaccine homework. Um, when my child was born because you know we live in a valley where a lot of people are I would say extremely focused on their health to an extreme where they're seeking out all kinds of alternative uh, ideas and sources of information so when i had several people come out of the woodwork to not mind their own business and tell me that i shouldn't vaccinate my child what do you mean people don't tell you yeah a little bit what like you meet strangers and be like you're not gonna vaccinate them are you um, following up on that story, we did, you know, I did the homework. Um, I mean, I'm a big believer in to even step back to 10,000 foot. Like I'm a big believer that right now is the greatest time in the history of human existence to be alive. And a big part of that reason is because of things like vaccines. Like our children don't have to worry about polio or right. smallpox or all these terrible, terrible diseases. That, I mean, thank God COVID isn't smallpox. So right. I did quite a bit of research on vaccines back then. Um, and as a person who um, kind of trusts the science, I, was, I felt myself going down that path with this vaccine. Um, and I really enjoyed listening to these guys talk about it because of a couple things. I liked how they really talked about um, the aluminum nanoparticle is something a lot of people talk about that could potentially lead to Alzheimer's or et cetera. Um, unknown things if a nanoparticle like that was to reach the brain. Yeah. And I like how these guys, to the best of their ability, addressed and debunked that. Right. Um, it was also, again, if you haven't listened to this podcast, the guys make a really neat 
uh, analogy to how this vaccine is going to be carried into the human cell via RNA. Um, and they make a pretty cool analogy of a cookbook yeah, and right. a sticky note. I love that. Right? Yeah. And it, right. it, it, you know, it really helps um, understand that and it helps me understand how we can now have a vaccine that uh, is able to work um, against a virus. And so I just want to know when that herpes one's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for a friend, for a friend with a cold sore. I Absolutely. Know. No one here. Uh, probably more answer than you wanted. <laughs> I, no, that's exactly. I, you know, I, I will say that I'm, which we're going to get into the idea of like, can you change people's minds in a bit? But I, I was definitely skeptical early on. Of just, vaccines. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm saying about this one, just because of oh. how things have been playing out politically. And I just, I just, we all have a little bit of distrust that's a little bit more than normal of how things are happening. And when, you know, especially they had the discussion about the differences of this, this one actually had an emergency use authorization mm. and everybody's like, well, why, why are they moving it so fast? Which we'll get into that in a second, which they, they also had, a, had an emergency youth authorization for hydrochloroquine pulled it out because they realized it didn't work. That one did not have a random controlled trial um, and neither did monoclonal uh, antibodies. So um, if you know anything about monoclonal antibodies, it's just a way to lessen, teach the body. You can take, you can take the immunities from one person and you can put it into somebody else's body and help their body. Um, yes. Adapt. <clears throat> you touched on the hydroxychloroquine and that was something I wanted those guys to unpack a little bit more because the scrutiny that goes with a traditional medical trial uh, did not happen for it. But so that's why we didn't see it maybe fast tracked. And it, it unfortunately, the hydroxychloroquine became politicized. Like people's belief in whether or not that was a true treatment really fell on whether they were voting, you know, red or blue, red or blue. And the problem with that is that's not the science either. Like the science is, is like hydroxychloroquine was a, a good tool, a great solution for some people and in some situations. And I, I was kind of going back and thinking about the articles I read previously and seeing that because that it got fully politicized, right. like, and that the, the meat of the story would often be buried. And so I don't know. I, I was hoping that they'd touch on that a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. So those guys kind of broke down, you know, how vaccines have been interpreted over time and how vaccines actually have come about. Um, they actually discussed the ideas that originally what happened was people were having issues with, you know, aluminum and um, mercury and mercury in some of those early vaccines, but kind of debunked the idea that the it was such a small dosage that you would, it's, it's impossible for it to be actually toxic. And so, but they did it anyways, which is crazy, which was wild to think about because then it limited the ability for us to get those vaccines. The stability. To, yeah. So it helped with the stability. So then the vaccines could travel to different countries and other places and didn't have to be frozen. And we've taken that out to just get buy-in from so many people because there is misinformation that that actually causes harm which 
<laughs> I mean, who knows? I don't, I don't, I don't know the details of how this one works. Obviously they have to keep it at super cold temperatures. If they did have it in aluminum, would it not have to be at such cold temperatures? So, um, in this specific one by Pfizer, it has sugar, it has saline, it has some, some fatty cells to make sure that it, it protects itself and then also that the body will actually learn and take on the mRNA, which is that messenger RNA. The sticky note? The sticky note. So it, it, what it does is it actually teaches the body, hey, here's the recipe to actually fight off this virus, which is fantastic. It's very different than you know, the flu virus. Flu virus, they actually give you a dead, you know, a dead virus. This one actually is just like a cookbook. And it's like, hey, hey body, this is what you gotta do when this thing shows up. Cool, now you know how to do it, and it handles it. Um, they have never done anything, used mRNA for a vaccine, and so this is the first time, but this is something they've had for 20 years. I mean, they've had this for a long time. They just And I think that's it. giving some people trepidation, and I think it's giving the conspiracy right. theorists, um, it's fuel to the fire. Right. right. And they're putting a microchip in your brain. <laughs> I know. Which Russia is. I'm fine with. <laughs> and, then, and then, anyway, yeah, this is so good. <laughs> so I think that was really good background, kind of hearing what's actually going into these things and where they came from. The mRNA um, is definitely like, it's the new wave of how they want to approach vaccines, but they just hadn't had a chance. And they made the vaccine like, boom, they already had the genetic coding to actually apply it to the mRNA. And then they just needed a new vaccine or they needed a new virus, virus. like this to apply it to. So this isn't something that is just so drastically new. They've been doing it. And people bring up the issue of, and, and I, I've been, I was in the same boat of, whoa, 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 this happened way too fast. But there are buildings full of scientists that have been working on things like right. this in the past because we know very clearly how fragile humans are. Like if something like Ebola or smallpox or <clears throat> a million things we haven't even seen were to bust loose, scientists have been prepping for that. So, yeah. you know, packing our parachute. And so I, this I think didn't you're just right. come this out of like the either. greatest time. Like, I mean, it's so fascinating just thinking about how smart some of these people are. It blows my mind. And that we can do things like this is says a lot about just our human development. We've talked about that quite a bit, but it's it, fascinating. It's insane. Okay, so penicillin. Do you guys know about penicillin, yeah. how it came to be? You accident. know how he found an accident. an accident. It was mold growing on a freaking cantaloupe. <laughs> yeah. So we've gone from a guy finding that mold on a cantaloupe could, could kill off staphylococci to now... People that are able to put sticky notes in your cells. So <laughs> crazy. I, I think it's it's mind bending. Like this, it, it's such a great time to be alive that we have so much information and free time to find things to complain about. Like, well, we okay, but so uh, so the conspiracy theorists would argue like follow the money. Yeah, and right, like they would. Who's who? The the money is where the power is. Yeah. Big Pharma, they're like, oh, Big, big pharma. pharma, Big Pharma. Yeah, and, and I think of all times, this, and I'll go through some more details of like the, phase, the phases of the trials for the Pfizer, but of all times, I think if we're ever gonna have people, they're definitely out for money, there's no question they are a business. They're going to, and which, that's where I believe that that's the beauty of a capitalist 
you know, you know, a capitalist society, society where we go, okay, this is where everybody's going to be working their hardest and they've never had this much funding and they've never had the scientists, this many scientists, they're like, you know what, I'm going to drop what I've been doing with this and work on coronavirus specifically. No. I think that says See a lot. See you later, flying cars. Right, exactly. <laughs> You're exactly right. And, and that's the reason, that's amazing when, when they can be that focused and you have that many people trying to work on something, they can make amazing things happen. Um, so with the, the different, to me, this was probably one of the coolest elements of what they discussed of the different phases. Um, because phase three, they had 44,000 people, 22,000. Um, were given a placebo, so just like a saline injection. Um, the other 22,000 were actually given the mRNA. And it was a very, I think it was very evident that it was a, a wide grouping of people, like that were... Men, women, men, women ethnic, socioeconomic yeah. background, diversity. People from Turkey, people from Brazil, people from the UK, people from the United States, and all different types of sizes, um, different types of health. Um, average age was like 50, um, but they had anything from like 16-year-olds all the way up to 80-year-olds. Um, I, I think, and then how they do that phase three was fascinating. So with phase three, they they don't ever get another chance to do anything like this because after you know something works you can't continue ethically to give somebody a placebo so this is the phase three trial is probably the best we will ever see because if they want to do another random controlled trial they'll have to like compare it you know instead of giving someone a placebo they'll have to say okay we're going to give this group moderna give this group pfizer give this group astrazeneca and then give these people, you know. Vitamin C? Right, exactly. Or give them hydrochloroquine or something like that. And compare all those and just see, you know, how that would actually play out. And so I think, to me, realizing that, you know, there's now another ethical issue of like, okay, what do they do, what do, they do now? They have these 22,000 people that got placebo. Do they, they're either going to elongate the study so they have a long-term longitudinal study or they're going to call those guys and be like, hey, by the way, you didn't get it. Uh, we're going to give it to you now. Um, I guess there's also a, this is off, this is a little off topic. That's totally fine. It's kind I of guess, it, so there's a lot of people that think that like, yeah, sure, they studied these people for three months and, and three years. And, but what about in 80 years? Like, what if, what if those nanoparticles make it into my brain or somehow that, it, it germinates and goes crazy. And I mean, I think that there is a really interesting ethical argument that, um, and let's take it against something that maybe not, maybe not COVID, but let's pretend smallpox. Like, Hey, I'm going to guarantee your child does not get smallpox, but when they live to be 80, they might suffer from X. <laughs> right. And, and I think like, and that's the whole risk. To me, reward. it's like s stepping back and saying like, hold up. We live in a world where, our children are expected to live to be, you know, and by the time our kids are 80 life expectancies will be in the, will, will be, have been doubled by then. I mean, the way that, I mean, Maybe, if you look yeah, at the way yeah. the curve is going, like yeah. I fully believe that I'm going to live to be a hundred years old. Right. And I, I believe that my son is going to, the technology will be there for a hundred to him will seem like what 80 seems like to me, right. yeah. you know, a really attainable goal. 
So I think that that's one of the things people are throwing out. And, and I don't want to say it makes it harder for the case because coronavirus has not been so aggressive, but... I don't, does, does that make sense? Yeah, so you're that, looking at risk-reward. It's like, okay, the, the possible risk of this vaccine causing major long-term issues is probably lower than the coronavirus possibilities to me. That's what, that's what I continue to come back to. So if we look at the, the mass casualties of a year that we've had versus, you know, yeah, and, and did you ever read the book Fooled by Randomness? You guys ever heard no, of that no, theory? No. So to put it in an alpine term is that, um, for, for example, backcountry behavior, people doing East Vale without the ability or the gear to do it right. They do it once, and their perception of the danger goes down considerably, although the danger does not. Right. So you'll find people that, same with whether it's drunk driving or driving without a seatbelt on, whatever it is, it's mm. like, your experience dictates what you think the real risk is. So no matter the fact that you should not have gone down Eastfield 10 times and you did nine and the 10th time whacks you, um, the, the odds never changed. Right. The odds never changed. Just your you just disregarded them. And so same thing. I think a lot of people are fooled by the randomness of the coronavirus or COVID-19. And for example, I lived with a woman who had it, was, was very ill. Uh, continues to have some problems getting her full snap back. Um, but my son and I went unaffected. So to look at that through the lens of our experience, we'd be like, this, this is a, we, this is right. a, but it's, you have to set aside your own personal experience and step back because does that, yeah, yeah absolutely. That and total I, sense. So, so here would be when we talk about like behavior change or, changing people's minds in reality there's gonna be some people that are maybe on this and listening right now and just gonna be like well and there's no way i'm not i'm not getting it and i'm not trying to convince you 50 percent of the population right now is right, not right planning and, to get and it. I, I this our goal our goal in discussing this is not hey i'm trying to convince you i just want you to hear a different side um because i think that's the biggest battle of people in general they want to be right they don't want to get it right Brene Brown uses that term all the time I I struggle very like that is probably I so often I will fight 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 because I want to be right so badly and in reality I should twist that term and say no I want to get it right because in the end so many people are unwilling to say they're wrong and just to take a step back and say, okay, how have I been influenced? Who have I been listening to? How have I, like, how have I been rained on and mm -hmm. didn't realize it? And how do I need to understand that maybe it's a different perspective? But people really, and so I've had a few people at the gym like say, well, how do I tell someone about this to convince them? I'm like, you're not gonna convince them. Like, if they aren't asking you information, they're not ready to hear it. So this is more this podcast and the podcast that Jordan and, and Austin created. Those guys are more, that podcast was more about the people that are kind of on the fence and feeling a little bit uncomfortable about it to give them a little bit more ability to, to have a little sigh of relief. Yeah. 
to say, okay, okay, this is good. And there's also a little self-selection there. Their podcast is an educated, fitness-minded, like they know who their listenership is. And they know that their their listenership falls more in the 50% of people that want to get it and those that don't. Like people don't want to, like for example, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. The last time, I know, it's embarrassing. It's it's a curse. But the last time we won a playoff game was against anyone? Anyone? The Houston Oilers. Oilers. Yeah, they're not around anymore. The last time we won a playoff game was the Houston Oilers. But you cannot talk me out of being a Bengals fan. Like, there's no, yeah, they're terrible. But they're my team. And I think that's the way people hold on to their ideas. Yeah, you're exactly right. And people are really un, unwilling to listen. They, they don't ever want to actually have a conversation. They just want... They want to be right. They want to be right. They want to see the evidence that, that locks into their brain, that they're like, I know that's right, and that's my choice. Yeah. And I keep on coming back to these, in the, pretty much in every podcast, just because this has been going on in my head continually. It's this integrative consciousness that I, I truly, like... I so badly, like, these conversations have to do with, like, my tribe, my people. This is what my people believe, and these are the people that I hang out with. They believe all these things, and and we're not willing to maybe listen to the green side or even have some little bit of integrative consciousness or even listen to a little ration, rationality on some of this because we're afraid of where that goes. We're afraid of... Um, science to its furthest extent when we like because if if those guys are not checked the scientists aren't checked they can go down a route that might be unhealthy um but but i think if if we look at it in a manner that that is which these guys seem like they're willing to admit when hey we're off like these these trials are actually done in a manner where it's not the pharmaceutical companies actually doing the trials. It's actually a separate entity that puts the trials on for the pharmaceutical companies. So I would be a lot more worried if it was them like, Hey, here's the numbers. They look pretty good for us. You guys should come get it. Um, yeah. I I, thought you were going to go down a technology going too far rabbit hole. Well, I, I wanted to, but I didn't want to. Okay, guys, have you seen the movie Terminator? <laughs> <laughs> okay, based on facts that scientists <laughs> left unchecked, they made these. Okay, all right, yeah. all right. I'm going to call the Barmel Madison guys and be like, could Jurassic Park really happen? <laughs> <laughs> um, let, let me go through some more things about the trials uh, and and. So it seems like there there will be some, and Austin didn't like using the term adverse effects, um, which I liked, um, that there's going to be some effects potentially from taking the vaccine. Um, and a lot of people are like, oh man, I don't want to take that. I'm going to feel like crap. And that means that it's bad for you. It's actually like showing that the body's actually responding to the mRNA and it's like teaching itself teaching the body like, hey, how this is cook. how you need to respond when this shows up, which is fantastic. Um, so the looks like the first one you might not have as many, you know, uh, symptoms from from the MR, mRNA. But the, the first one, one, John Mark, means that there's two doses. Yes, there's two doses, three weeks apart. 
um, and the, the second dose, you'll potentially have a little bit more effect from that. Um, so if you are going to take it, maybe plan it around, um, you know, maybe just plan around that potentially. So, um, but do you get, I mean, some people feel bad when they get a flu vaccine, yeah, you yeah. know, yeah. your kids get a little grumpy sometimes when they get there. Yeah. Got to get your dip tip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anything, I mean, what, what else was, what else was good on it? I, I, I mean, it's, it, it, it was okay. It wasn't as good as this. <laughs> this is, if you're, if you're listening at home and you're thinking, do I need to check that out? You don't. You don't. You just stay this here is, with us. Right? This no. is good. No, not at all. <laughs> uh, there, there was, I think, I think it's nice hearing somebody that also isn't being paid by the pharmaceutical company right. talk about that stuff. Like they made a major disclaimer at the beginning of it. Like it's clear that they have no stake in it, yeah. that they're approaching it with the best of their intentions mm-hmm. from a scientific background. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and if I, you I believe have, them. I'm, but I'm, I'm getting paid by big pharma, but they weren't. Yeah. So that was helpful to have those. I'd like guys. to thank our sponsors. Today. Yeah. <laughs> A little company called Pfizer. <laughs> so, um, so how do we change people's minds? I don't think we try to change people's minds. We just, I think. Get the vaccine and don't get sick. Yeah. Lead, <laughs> lead by example. You're looking great these example. days. I know. Never got COVID. Yeah. Lead Feeling through great. action. Lead through action. I think it's also like, what, what, like what's our intention What's our intention to change someone's mind? Like, uh, yeah. well, we all need to get the seventy-five percent herd herd immunity. You know, yeah. like, no, but I mean, we need to get there. You're right. So, and I, and I think there's sometimes, you know, sharing information with people, like, hey, I want you to know about this. I'm not like, I just want you to know about this. Do with it what you want. Right. But if you're so, like, if this is your thing and you come across as though you are dumb and I'm intelligent and I know everything and you don't, you're not going to win anybody that way. You're touching on something that is innately human and is one of our biggest flaws. And that's that, I don't know how how did Brene Brown say it, but it's, it's not about people don't want to change your mind because they want what's best for you. They want to change their mind because I'm right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, here's what I was going to tell you guys about. This is perfect. If it's about the bangles. So there's a (laughs) behavioral scientist. Okay. They were, he, this behavioral scientist was working with, um, was working with different states to come up with some type of plan to roll out the vaccine and get more buy-in for people to start taking the vaccine specifically in lower socioeconomic areas. Mm. Here's what they, he said, we discussed this. We're not going to do it, but we'd actually discussed because one senator was going to pay and tie the, you know, the, the stimulus bill to like, if you, if you come get the vaccine, then you get the stimulus. So that wouldn't the, raise suspicion at all. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. He said, actually, we did multiple studies on people that if you pay them to do something, it's actually less likely that they will do it. But if you put it in a lottery, they'll actually, you'll get more people participate. So they were talking about having like someone that gets the vaccine, one, one person out of however many will get a million dollars. And they were gonna get <laughs> so jacked, right? That is. Like have the lottery tied to vaccines. That seems a little off. 
Barry's still thinking about it. He's just, like, I was done buying scratchies. Like, where do I <laughs> just sign me up? <laughs> you got the vaccine five times. That's right. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my yeah. Good. Um, registered in Ohio, Indiana. <laughs> Dude, you don't look so well. I got them all the same day. <laughs> Yeah, so they're trying to figure out ways to get people buying, and I think that's that's what I'm trying to do today. I think more than anything, if if we can encourage people um, to to do this, I'm not going to require people that have the vaccine to come to my gym. That's not what I'm trying to do. I think the more that we can be kind of in in, in with the ability to give people information, and they can do with it what they want, the closer we'll be able to have team workouts. <laughs> sharing machines i am scared of that like that kind of that of reminds me team of like workout? no of like martial law kind of style of like you can't do this unless you have yeah this. i don't i don't i don't i mean that why happening. yeah why do you but, not see i mean that even like happening? we should I, I think maybe if you ever want to talk to someone about it who is having trepidation i think looking at the science of the polio vaccine yeah. is a great place to start because right. we are from a much, our, the scientific community today is light years ahead of when they developed the polio vaccine. And to see what that's done for the world and for our children. And there's a reason that um, families are compelled to do that these days. And was it like two years ago, they had some breakouts of measles in Pakistan mm -hmm. because, you know, and, and it was Pakistan and Hollywood. I right. think had yeah. some breakouts of, yeah. of yeah. MMR and it was like, because people chose to not do it. And it's like looking at those photos and reading those stories will, I think concretize your desire to immunize your children. Right. Like it is. And I, and I think that's the only way to look at this is yeah. like, you know, there's, there are some other vaccines when you get your like MMR, what's rubellum. I don't know, but I get vaccinated against it. Yeah. And it's things that aren't a big deal anymore because we've, we've you know helped solve that issue right um as far as i don't know what we're going. and they it was it was good also hearing as far as how it potentially might roll out they're not working for the cdc or anything like that but you know normal people like us we don't work in the healthcare system there's actually been i want to say like five or six people that have already had it um gotten the shot today um that come to our gym um or yesterday and you know they're all either in the healthcare industry, they're doctors, and we have a lot of people in the healthcare, healthcare industry that come to the gym. Um, when will it roll out to guys like us? Um, late spring, mid-summer. So I think knowing that, that something is coming is super helpful psychologically, and hearing that, I, I think it helps me understand, okay, there's a little, like there's something in sight, like, there's there's light. hope there's hope coming and little light at, light at the end of the tunnel but i think in reality um we're gonna be still having to do a lot of the same stuff we're doing for a while will it just drastically change that's what i don't want people to assume either is that it's not just like we just turn the light on and it's like cool i think that's a let's make out you're touching on something <laughs> else though i think january 1st is coming at us like a freight train yeah. i think a lot of people have put 2021 um as their light at the end of the tunnel and they i think a lot of people are not emotionally prepared for the fact that things are not gonna change on new year's day right and and i have you observed that as well or is it the oh, <laughs> yeah i mean i think psychologically i i 
I see this at the gym quite a bit, and, and we can kind of finish off with this, but I think people are drained, people are wiped out, people are, they're just hurting drastically. I mean, people are, are not doing well psychologically. And I, I'll, I'll tell everybody that's listening to this, and I'll tell you guys, you need to check in. Like, you need to check in with somebody. Like, you need to just take an evaluation and reach out to somebody. Um, and if you know of somebody that you would assume that is not doing well and they're friends of yours, check in on them because we've made some very drastic impacts and we've made impacts to people's lives and psychological like, I have one friend of mine that's, you know, that is super lonely right now, like very lonely. I know multiple people that have, you know, of situations of people committing suicide because of this. Um, but that's all, that's part of that's on us. Like, are we, are we really checking in on the people yeah. that need to be checked in on? Are we, are we, are we taking care of ourselves also? Yeah, I mean, it's checking in on your people. It's reaching out when you need it. Yeah. If you find something that's, in, I mean, taking the podcast book club idea to another level, if you find something, <laughs> no, I'm serious though, but if you find something that's um, uplifting, inspiring, helping you cope or gives you the tools, or even if it just makes you smile, like yeah. um, share that with people. Yeah. Like, I don't know, I mean, I just watched this show Fleabag on Netflix Prime. It's amazing. Right. Um, or Amazon Prime. <laughs> Watch Fleabag, it's funny. Yeah. The, I, I, I mean, that's the thing. I think it's one of those things. Like if you see something and it's, you know, it, it, it sparks that excitement inside you sh share it because not only are you sharing that with someone, but it's going to open the opportunity for someone to say like, Hey, I'm you know glad you called. Yeah. I had this moment last week, last Tuesday where I was, I was, I was pretty low. I was like really bummed out and just taking the weight of a lot of people, taking the weight of the situation, taking the weight of just like working too much and just thinking, okay, I just get work about, work about to get shut down. So I gotta, I just gotta keep on grinding, keep on grinding and wasn't taking care of myself. And, and I just had this moment. I was like, Dude, I, I don't think I can pull this off anymore. And I get home, my wife's got, you know, a game on the table and we just played a fun game with Bowen. What game? Sequence for kids. I am the best at it. By the <laughs> well, way. for kids is in the title. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and what? And here, here would be the deal. I, bragging. <laughs> I beat the six-year-old every time. Yeah. Um, I had like see, this moment where I, I could just, just see him playing basketball in the house and him swatting her nerf shots across the room. <laughs> Sorry, and I, and so. <laughs> And so I had like this moment where I just stopped for a second and I looked around the table and I was like, dude, I want to, I've got it so good. Like, and I, I know every, and we forget so often we get so wrapped up into how our situation is and, mm. and there's a lot of people that are not in that place. And so maybe take a moment to, you know, we've, I've, I've one good thing about all this. I've gotten to hang out with you guys, which has been fantastic. So Nick, what about you? You got any, like, I, I gave a show I like. J John Mark yeah. shared a, a memory. Have you got any? Uh... Playing a lot of Catan. Yeah? It's been really fun. Settlers of Catan. That's, That's a, really a good, good one. Game. What about, um, you got any media to consume? Prescription for our two uh, listeners? Don't consume Up First by NPR. That's really <laughs> yeah. a rabbit hole. Avoid that one. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, no, I can't. I can't think of anything specifically at the moment. Sorry. No new hot jams? No, I've been getting out on my own. Like, it's gonna. Yeah, you've been kind of getting outside. Yeah. It's huge. But, uh. It's I nice mean, that we got some snow now. Right. Mm-hmm. But what you said about checking the money, like, that, that's hitting home for me. I, need to, I definitely need to do that. Yeah. Fellas, thanks. Love you guys. Yeah, my fun. Yeah. All you goaters, all the people listening to this podcast. Call me if you need me, yes. Rick. I, I have a list of things I'm dying to tell people about. <laughs> so call me. I stay he up, loved, he I stay up late. He loves podcast you. Uh, all right. Fellas, thanks. Kinda say complain with your ways, how you slipping while you still